Welcome to Broad Views with Tabitha Wallace. I'm Tabitha Wallace, and you can support this podcast and more by subscribing for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com forward slash Tabitha Wallace. American writer John Steinbeck wrote of what he called the tragic miracle of consciousness. He spoke of the fact that humans are unique from other animals and that we're aware of our very consciousness, that we make decisions based on it. Not only the things that make us happy, but those that make us sad or angry. Steinbeck said that our, quote, species is not set, has not gelled, but is still in a state of becoming. And Aristotle spoke of the two separate aspects of happiness we're trying to achieve. One is hedonia or pleasure, the other eudaimonia or a life well lived. Here in the 21st century, it seems that our ability to obtain pleasure or a life well lived has us feeling exhausted, anxiety written, and resentful of the world we see each day on the news. But are the solutions to our sociological and financial problems in a place no one thought to look? Today on Broadviews, I'll ponder these questions and more with entrepreneur, fetish performer, and crypto evangelist, Ali Eve Knox. Um, I'm a fetish performer. I sometimes cam. I make my own content. I sometimes shoot porn for other production companies. I sell really strange things on the internet like socks or Kleenexes or <laughs> foot dust or fucking whatever weird shit people are into. I will sell it. Um, I work in crypto. I work for a crypto a payment processor for the adult industry. Um, so I've kind of gotten into tech the last couple of years, strangely, even though I obviously can't even work a microphone. This was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but anybody that actually knows me in tech would be like, yeah, she's an idiot. So that makes total sense. <laughs> I find that most people in the tech world, when you actually explain, like they can't use their own phones. They can explain yeah. very complicated tech stuff to you. You but. know, I've never once had a demo go right ever. Like even by these geniuses, I'm just like, really? <laughs> recently i've been like super vocal in sex work and for sex, sex workers rights and stuff like that so i've become like this accidental crypto slash adult evangelist um so i people know me for bitching at people on the internet um i take selfies of my ass in like beautiful places so i constantly have a little clicker in my hand um so yeah there you go <laughs> I like it. So that's the thing I think that people don't understand that there's a, a world outside of this sort of traditional porn space that we all grew up with. And it's changed so drastically. Oh my God, in the last for sure. Few years. In like, the last few. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first, I, first AVN I went to to cover as a journalist was four years ago. And then when I went back last year, it was completely different, a completely different landscape. Part of that, I began seeing there was this pushback when I was there, I was reporting on the idea that people don't pay for porn, that it gets stolen. <laughs> yeah. And, and what was going to happen to the business because of that. And then two years later, the mass majority of, of women that are there with their own businesses are cam girls and more specified areas like what you're doing. How do you, did you see that evolution come about and and what are the you know what are the things that you noticed? Yeah, so I started in 2014. I started camming and at the end of that I decided I was going to shoot some porn. Um I wanted to get my name out there, use it as a marketing tool and it was just fucking fun. 
Um, so I started doing that. And at that time, nobody was making their own content. Like I remember I worked on a website and one girl came to this website and she was selling her videos. And we were all like, what the fuck is this? Like now we're going to have to make videos? Like this is nuts. We're going to have to learn, you know, photography skills and all the shit that we hadn't done before. Like we were just taking pictures on our little flip phones or whatever. And now this was like some high quality shit with editing and stuff. And we were just like, oh God, we didn't realize how great it was going to be that people were now wanting this because we didn't have to, you know, fly to California anymore. I live in Texas. So it's a, it's like a trip to go to shoot porn. There's all kinds of expenses that you just don't realize, whatever. You could do this stuff from your house. You can make your own content. You can make what you want. You could pick who you wanted to work with. You could set your own pricing. I mean, it just insane. It, it completely changed the industry. And then people started ordering custom videos. So it was the days where you go to Pornhub and you watch the shitty, you know, tiny little teaser video or whatever. This was like people writing their scripts. They would find their dream girl they've been watching for 10 years, write them a script, buy them an outfit. Like it was a whole catered thing, right? And I think people really started to get into it because it was so personalized. And thank God, because I think that that's what saved us. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to survive if people weren't into that. The majority of my income is from content or relationships. Um, so luckily, people are into it. I hope this lasts for a long time. I think that now they're getting into the subscription service, right? So there's a lot of people where you like pay $10 a month and you can see all their stuff and you can see behind the scenes because for me, that was always like a big appeal for people is they want to see what I'm doing in my everyday life. Like they wanted to see what I'm eating for lunch or hanging out with my dogs or what I'm buying at the grocery store. Like they want to get to know you on a really personal level. So I think that like customization and personal relationships really like change this industry. Thank God. Yeah. And it's such a strange world because I feel like people have a very, if you've never worked in it in some capacity in sex work, you kind of don't have any idea for really sure. What it's like, and, absolutely. Uh, 2001 is my only real like sex work, and it was I worked for a phone sex line in yeah. New York City. Yeah, the Robin Bird line. You'd call and get me, and then like the woman dating next to me who was a grandma and like somebody else in these very cold rooms with like headsets by computers. Oh my god! Yeah, like old school, and I I was, <sighs> I was really I was really good at it. But 90% of my clients and people would call back and request and stuff like that, they just talked. Yes, yes. There was no, it was, it was like, oh, what do you do? Are you reading any books? Like there were guys who would call at $4.99 a minute and talk to me for like half an hour once a week. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Just before I did this, I went and made a custom video. Um, It's for my top tipper. He's fucking wonderful, but he likes me to make just stupid shit. So he'll have stuff like for his birthday, he had me sit in the bathtub and eat cake for his birthday. And it was just like so excellent. And I just went in the backyard and because I've like been hardcore pissed off at like so many people lately. And so I was telling him about this because like we chat all the time and whatever. And he said, well, I'll pay for your next because I make a custom for him once a week. He said, I'll pay for your next video if you go out in the backyard and you just smash a bunch of pumpkins. And I was like, I can do that. So I just spent the last 30 minutes with a baseball bat beating the shit out of pumpkins. And it was just so fun. And like, it's, he's not going to get off to it, but he's going to be fucking entertained. And he, you know, that, that was part of the thing. I mean, he, he's into financial domination, so he wants me to have his money regardless. But like, now he can be in, entertained on top of this. And I had a great time because I got some excellent frustration out. I recommend this. I know. I feel like I'm in the wrong business. Um, (laughs) You can always come back. That's the thing, right? You don't age out of this business. You just grab different niches along the way. That's the 
fucking excellent part of this business. Like I'm going to be into MILF porn at some point and then I'll be into granny porn. Like, yeah. Well, and that's another thing. It's the age thing that also there was a time, you know, when I was a teenager in the days of like, you know, Jenna Jameson and everybody, you know, once you hit 28, you were old. Like you were old and nobody wanted to see you unless you're very, you know, it was like very niche, very niche. And now that's changed. Is that partially a change in culture or do you think it's a change in, in maybe just our access to different things? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like personal, personal preferences are changing or people just stayed in the industry longer and people were just like, well, I'm going to accept this now. I don't know. But like MILF is one of the top five searched words. And if you would have told me that when I was young, I'd be like, whatever, like that's insane. But I started the business. I was 30. I mean, 27, <clears throat> which is so weird. <laughs> I'm still 27. It's so weird how that happened. Math. Like you know what I'm saying? So I started a lot later than people, um, but I feel like, I mean, I wish I would have done it so much earlier. Oh my God, that's my only regret is that I didn't do this sooner, but I feel like I had kind of worked out some of the like kinks and been, I guess I had like even developed my personality a little bit better. So when I came to the game, like it, it really worked. Like people were into my banter and my stupid shit and, you know, whatever I had done previously in my life. And it was just like, I appreciate it a lot now that I'm a lot older. I think if I was younger, I would have just been stupid and blown all my money and all those things. So I'm kind of thankful that, you know, I can age in this business. Plus you can do all all the stuff behind the scenes, right? Like you were saying, you could do phone sex. You can start filming other people. Like you can really get old and you know, it's totally fine in this business. Do you think also the part of that is, is there's a new wave of independence that women haven't had before because, oh, for before sure. was, you know, if you didn't get a vivid contract, if you didn't get a wicked contract, these, I mean, it's very much, you know, this very strange old Hollywood system that was there. And now you're business owners, you own a brand, you own yes. uh-huh. do you think And that- we do it from our bedrooms. Um, where do you, uh, do you see that's partly because we learn, you know, sort of growing up more with tech or is oh, it because yeah. sort of that old? And there's also this idea I see that it seems that regular produced porn became very impersonal. Yeah, both of those things for sure. I remember the first time I shot a sex video, it was just with uh, my boyfriend at the time. And I was like 19 years old. I had gone and bought a, an HD video cameras right when they came out. And this was like thousands of dollars, right? And I remember being like, and it wasn't like, I'm going to be a star. I'm going to produce porn. It was just like, I like having sex with this dude. So I'm just going to film it because I have this thing. So like, this will be fun. But now you can go get a webcam for 60 bucks. You don't have to invest thousands and thousands of dollars into, you know, just because technology has just improved so much. And like a webcam will make you a gajillion dollars if you, you know, work hard enough. And it's just the accessibility. I mean, the internet is everywhere. Laptops, you can get a laptop from your friend and start this business. I think that it's just like the ease and the accessibility for sure has really helped. And not having someone you have to answer to, to a certain extent. For sure. Absolutely. You hear from a lot of people where it's, there's, there's less of that feeling like you have a pimp because you decide when you're going to go on camera. You decide if you're going to go yeah. that way. You decide if you're going to log on. You you sort of make your own hours, which is kind of the female American dream. Oh, and for sure. There isn't a huge difference in 
structure between someone who's like selling Avon and someone who is a cam girl. It's the same idea of getting customers and getting other people. Yep. Um, And keeping relationships and upselling. I mean, it's the whole thing. It's like we all watched our mom sell Tupperware and figured out there's a better way to do this whole thing. Uh And it's, And I think what's interesting is people don't see it as much in the sex industry, yet it's very prevalent. You have, as a writer, I have a Patreon, I have tip jars, I have a wish list. And I kind of laughed. I was like, I feel like my Twitter is going to turn into porn Twitter because it was (laughs) like, oh, it's like tip jar this and this, and you equate it with a certain thing. Yeah. And now we've all gone, that's a really smart thing. What if I just sit in front of my camera and bullshit and people are going to give me money? So that did happen, right? That's how Twitch came to be. Yeah. We were, that's the original, we were the original people, you know, we were the cam girls doing this. I bought this thing in at TJ Maxx or something like that for Christmas and it was called a influencer's kit. And it was a little like selfie stick, a little tiny light that you put on your phone and then a clicker. And I thought, that was that's not an influencer kit. That's a cam girl kit. Like we've been right. doing that for five years. We've been taking pictures of ourselves this whole time. And now they're calling influencers. Like, nah, we did this. Like this was right. us. It was funny because it was like influencers started showing up. I get these, I get these like press emails where they pitch you things. And it's I started getting yeah. these a couple of years ago, about a year and a half ago, I started getting these things from people going like ring lights, ring lights, have a ring light for your blog. And I laughed to myself because I was like, Yeah, I saw those at AVM last year. Right, right. I know. You see it in the thrift store and you're like, a cam girl's been here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is funny because like people then when I say that, they always look at me funny because, you know, I'm not the kind of girl that knows those things. I'm like, I'm exactly uh-huh. the girl. I'm exactly the girl who knows those things. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I look so sweet and innocent, which I think is the thing. If you, you, people have really messed up ideas about, you know, what makes a good girl and a bad girl. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because like, so I go to AVN, what was that? Like two weeks ago and I have mainstream press. And like when I did the, I guess that was the year when I did your interview, was that last year? Yeah. I had a ton of mainstream press, right? And mainstream was putting out positive articles in the adult industry. And I think that's kind of huge too, because it's getting rid of like the stigma. It's making more of this like everyday talk. There's a lot more sex workers that are and you're, you know, you're realizing that we're in your family or that you went to high school with. It's just becoming so much more prevalent and and in some ways uh, more accepted. And I think that that has also helped it also because, you know, I know when I joined this, I was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to be a teacher again. I'm not going to be able to be homeroom mom. Like there's going to be a lot of issues I know that I'm going to get into with making this decision, right? But it's also one of those things where I'm like, I meet people out there like my lash lady is like, oh my God, this is great. I want to hear your tales. You know what I mean? And like, it wasn't like that 10 years ago. People people would have freaked the fuck out if they would have, I would have told them what I really did. Thank you for listening to the first 15 minutes of my interview with Ali Eve Knox. If you'd like to hear the full 38 minutes, just go over to patreon.com backslash Tabitha Wallace and access the full podcast extras and so much more for as little as a dollar a month. That's patreon.com backslash Tabitha Wallace. Thank you for listening to Broadviews with Tabitha Wallace. Take care of each other out there.